1: Yak yeah, Gadget for all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs. Go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake for all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs. Go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started.
3: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Real Down. I am your host, Jimmy Skinner, with me from now on mr dan perry what's up? He couldn't what's up? stay away too long i Y'all been seeing him fill in for me but i'm back he's back we're gonna we're gonna be kicking it from now on so what's up with you dude you've been doing any fishing
4: yeah man all the time i went up uh i actually got to record a tv show uh earlier well uh, last week uh went up on gunnersville's show called facing Tide, uh oh facing tides and that uh i think that Facing waves or facing tides, I, I, I think
3: can't. it was waves.
4: Yeah, yeah, facing waves. There you go. With uh yeah.
3: So that was fun. Cool. Got yeah, he, he's I'm a still. he's a big deal now. He's on TV. I,
4: it's a like a Canadian show, so I'm I'm airing oh, I'm not that's in the cool.
3: <laughs> you got to start somewhere.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm starting. I'm starting small up in Canada, <laughs> working my way
3: down. Well, uh. We got another great show planned for us tonight. We're going to be going over the KBF event on the Potomac River in Stafford, Virginia. But before we get to that, uh, I wanted to first let everybody know uh, just a couple of the big events that are coming up, just to make sure that everybody's paying attention and getting signed up for these events. Uh, first one uh, coming up, next one in our area for you, Southern guys, is KBF will be at Lake Gunnersville the end of the month on the thirtieth and uh, April thirtieth, May first. So if all right. You want to come down for that, make sure you get signed up for that. You know, it's the same format they've been using with the two separate day trail series events and the pro series. Um, they also have the event. There's one yeah, more. You're,
4: you're fishing that one, right?
3: Yeah. I, well, I think so. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going. Like, just Saturday. That's probably what I'm going to do. Um, kind of like I did in Florida, uh, which I didn't fish Sunday in Florida because the fishing was shit. But um I'm probably going to do just the day one and then hang out and just fun fish or camp. Um, but we're going Friday this Friday to go do some looking. I got a buddy that like with NACA, you never could fish past a certain point of the lake. Well, now this is, since this is a national event, there's like a whole, basically half of the lake that I don't ever explore. Mm -hmm. So I called in some help from my Tennessee buddies that actually fish that end to help your boy out. But, uh, also on the same days the kbf's got an event at chatfield reservoir in denver colorado so that'll be pretty cool uh, kbf event in colorado curious to see how that goes uh same format there um can't remind you to sign up for this one because they're all sold out but the hobie bos on lakey Falla is coming yeah, up just, april 23rd there's still openings so oh really it's not
4: sold out no i a bunch of people keep dropping off so oh like, I, I got in through the wait list and there, i think right now there's like 10 spots that are open
3: oh wow okay well you heard it here so if you want to go fish the great lake you with the way the weather's been in alabama i think it's going to be a banging ass event because we got a bunch of warm weather coming and we have not had any really good warm weather with no rain it's just been all over the place Yeah, and water's, it's it's kind of backwards it seems
4: well water's like a foot up so it should, they should be like Way up shallow. I'm hoping so. Yeah, I've got like a spreadsheet. I'm watching the, you know, the weather. And <laughs> of course, I'm, you have I'm a spreadsheet, a nerd. Yeah, I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching all the weather. You know, all the how the, the pool and everything every day.
3: Yeah, and then um the last uh, big event I was gonna, uh, you know, remind everybody about is the Bassmaster event on Smith Lake is coming up down here in Jasper, Alabama. It's a one-day Bassmaster event uh, $250 entry fee. Smith Lake's fantastic for most. It's, I'm not a fan, but it's just not my kind of, uh, I don't know. It's just not my kind of fishery for real. It's a great lake though. You know, you can catch tons of big old spots on it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. make sure you get hopefully, signed up for that one.
4: Hopefully it stays a little bit cold, or All the whiteboard boats be out and a bunch of people will be flipped. That's a, that's, a, that's why we usually don't schedule events like late May or the summer because it's such a rec recreation lake that it could be bad if it warms up. <laughs> yeah. And
3: like we were on Del hollow. Another reason why like uh, our friend, you know, Drew Gregory messaged us about splitting a house with him for it. And uh, we were on Del hollow and it was cold and there were already wake boats out. And that, I'm just assuming that Smith lakes already firing up too. Cause rednecks is ready to put them boats on the water, you know?
4: that narrow but, uh, wakeboard boat so it's, it can get bad for a kayaker real quick yeah
3: that's what blew my i guess because i grew up in like wide spots of the river the wakeboard boats are always out in the big parts of the river Geez, they were like back in the skinny water wake yeah. wakeboarding when we were on del hollow it just wasn't ready for it but thankful to those guys they were courteous they would chill out when they saw us so um yeah, that's all the, the big events that are coming up. I want to just uh, let everybody know. Make sure you get signed up. Get out there, try to cash a few checks. Uh, one more little piece of uh, info we're going to give out. Dan's going to hit everybody with some uh, fantasy real quick.
4: Yeah. So right now we're in the second quarter. So let's say you didn't do a whole lot. Uh, we're kind of a third of the way into the second quarter. Prizes have went out. Uh, first place Ryan Crumb. He's from river Ridge and kayak anglers here and uh down by montgomery he won he won a 50 quart pelican um nice and then we're going to uh i got second so i'm getting a hundred dollar yet gadget gift card and then third place getting mm-hmm. a 50 dollar yet gadget gift card because i am i am eligible even though we do the show and hey uh well
3: it's um, not like you get inside information on yeah this, I,
4: so, I said, it, <laughs> I said in the beginning too like i'm hey i need one of them coolers i'm 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 I need a new camping cooler. But the, um, so every quarter, and you, if you go to paddlingfin.com, fantasy fishing, you can still get signed up at the top ten at the end of the year are going to get prizes. So you can still get into the top ten. Then every quarter there's prizes as well, and there's four quarters more we only in second. So still get signed up. Even if you didn't do it, you can still win a quarter or two. So,
3: yep. Heck, yeah. Well, all right. As we said, we're going to be covering the KBF event that happened last weekend on the Potomac River. And we have got the, again, they run a two-separate-day trail event, so a Saturday trail day, a Sunday trail day. Then there is a Pro Series that goes on during all of that, which is a combined two-day event. And we have all of the winners here. So we've got uh, Ryan, who was Saturday's winner. Welcome. We have got Alex, which was Sunday's winner, and Tyler, who took the Pro Series win. What's going on, everybody?
4: Welcome to the show.
3: Thanks for having us. Yeah. I got that right, didn't I? Because I did just look at. I think I did. yeah yeah, yeah, I got it right. yeah I you got it right. I was thinking I swapped the last two because it's on on fishing chaos. It's a cool app. I hate how it lay stuff out because I'm like it's like day one, day two, pro series day one, pro series total, and it's just all over the place. Like, <laughs> just put it in order.
4: All right. What?
1: Well, welcome, all right. Man. Well.
3: Yeah,
4: well, I know, Ryan, you've been on show before. We'll start with you. Uh, if you would, just tell everybody who you are, how you got into kayak fishing, and well, whatever, whatever you want people to know about you.
5: All right. My name is Ryan Nye. I'm from Connecticut. I uh, got into kayak fishing 2018, probably, and started with a local trail. Um, just a couple, I don't know, probably 10 guys, 12 guys, maybe. Fished that for a few years. Did some tournaments up in Massachusetts, the local trail, and then decided to do, um, KBF when it was still regional. We used to break it up by regions. Um, so that was my rookie year was the the regional year and then just stuck with it. And now we're doing it all over the place. So started local and went from there.
3: there fell down
4: the rabbit hole. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty quick.
5: <laughs> Pretty quick.
4: Autopilot or big water.
5: Um, I use an autopilot now. Um, I also have a predator PDL, which is the same. So, um, but yeah, using an autopilot now except for Hobie events.
0: Alex, how about you, man? Um, I, I started in 2017 with the kayak fishing and, uh, I'm from Mechanicsville, Maryland, or I'm not from here. I live here now. I'm originally from South Dakota, not a, uh, well, bass fisherman by design. I, uh, I grew up fishing, you know, walleyes on the Missouri River. Um and used to throw big smallmouth back and be like, Oh, there's another trash fish, get it out of here, you know. (laughs) Um and then uh I live in Maryland now and got uh got into kayak fishing when I moved here as a way to kind of like meet other local anglers. Um and started up with mid Atlantic kayak bass fishing. Um still kind of uh my my regular series local series that i still run through the summer um and kind of like ryan branched out you know um we were a kbf uh filler club so qualified for the national championship and i've i've fished a handful of those and you know traveled to do the bos series and a handful of events and uh uh bass jumped on board and we became affiliate for them and i i fished the uh Um, you know, some of the trail events with them and then the uh, recent championship um, down at Richard Russell. Um, I've kind of bounced around through boats. I uh, started in a pro angler, um, switched over to wilderness, spent some time on wilderness systems, uh, pro staff team, and now I'm back in a Hobie, 360, 360, and uh kind of in the process getting on the hobie fishing team um it's kind of officially unofficial as of right now but looks looks pretty did good you, moving forward so. did
3: you do it through the local team like through a shop
0: yeah so uh delaware uh, delaware paddle sports has always kind of been my dealer for uh shops they're out of uh lewis delaware um bought some boats from them great people um you know, this whole kayak thing is, is interesting. It's all about who you surround yourself with and the support that you get. And from day one, uh, I've been part of that family and, and now I'm to a point where, you know, they, they take really good care of me and um, I don't know. I, I can't say enough good things about them. I'm not just speaking from, you know, obviously, you know, I want to give them their credit when it's due, but well before, um, you know, being on board with them, uh, I drove three hours to a tournament and forgot my drive at home. So it was going to be a six hour, you know, round trip to get my drive. And I kind of throw out a hail Mary. I was like, I wonder if they've got a demo drive I can borrow, you know, for the weekend and ended up calling Brian kid, who's one of the owners of DPS. And he's like, yeah, man, no problem. I'll get it to you right now. Um, ever since from them, I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I, I don't need to look for a better shop, you know, like, yeah. They reached out to me when they didn't have to hook me up and uh, it's, it's been lights out ever since. So um, yeah, they're uh, they're my shop. Uh, they're my people. They're, they're, they're family at this point. So.
3: And I, I think, um, you know, people always talk about the pro staff stuff, you know, reaching out to companies and stuff. I think that a shop deal is probably the greatest thing you can get if that's what you're like aiming for is trying to be like some kind of pro staff, or affiliated with someone the shop experience i mean i'm sure there's some bad ones but it usually is most of these shops are smaller companies it's like a family it's it's fun
0: yeah no i mean i'll put it to you like this uh i i do this stuff for fun um you know i i'm friends with a lot of the you know big time really really good anglers in this kayak fishing and it's fun to watch from the side i uh i work for you know my small family's business here. We're a very small company. And, uh, right now I'm kicking off my busy season. I build swimming pools. I'm not able to travel during the summer like some of the other people. So this last KBF event is probably one of my last national events for the year, other than I'm going to try and get on the uh, BOS at the Susquehanna river. Um, so I try and get all of my traveling and big level events done early in the year where our season's kind of slow and I'm able to take off at work. Um, I, I don't look for pro staff deals. I've, I'm, I, you know, I'm not a Jersey wearer and, and, and not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just, I feel like, you know, to represent a company, a company fully, I need to, um, have more time, (laughs) have more time to give back to them. And I, and I'm not in a position to do so. Um, you know, I'd like to get there one day, uh, just my current employment situation and family situation doesn't allow it. So, uh, um,
3: understood, man.
0: I, I know that one. <laughs> what about
3: you, Tyler? Tell us about yourself.
6: Yeah. So, uh, I'm a New York native, upstate New York. I grew up here and, uh, I got into a uh, tournament bass fishing out of a kayak in 2018, um, but I was fishing out of canoes and kayaks pretty much my entire life. That's what I grew up fishing out of. So to me, it was just natural. In fact, I had looked into KBF uh, prior to that, but I think it was, it wasn't even until 2018, they didn't even let uh, canoes in. And I, all I had at the time was a solo canoe and, and the rules didn't allow canoes originally. I wonder um, why. So yeah, it was, it was weird. But then I really got into it and bought myself a a really old used Hobie. And from there got into another Hobie. And then, uh, last year I had an opportunity to join the, uh, the feel free fishing team. So now I'm out of a feel free and it's been, it's been a fast track. My rookie year, my first event ever, I drove down to Virginia from New York to fish on the new river in April and it snowed and it was cold. And that was, that was my first experience ever in a tournament was on the new river in the snow. Um <laughs> But, you know, I, I fast tracked it. And now uh, I'm the tournament director for New York Bass Nation, uh, the kayak division here. And so I run our trail and set up everything for uh, qualifying the guys to go do the classic uh, here in New York. And so I'm, I'm, dove in and I'm fully immersed now and travel as much as I can.
3: Manage it wisely because I kind of went the fast route too. I run the Bass Nation for Alabama and I burn out hardcore last year. Just like it was like everything's going up and then just bam. Like I was just done with everything. Just like, my God, I need to get away from this for a minute. But
6: yeah, luckily, uh, I've got a great support with, uh, New York. The, the state organization here is really well run and they, they take, they take care of me. They give me the resources I need. They, they understand that the growth that's able to happen in New York. If, you know, if bass puts their muscle behind it, we can grow more. So, uh, that's what we need down here. (laughs) It's what a lot of states need. It's what I've, what I've seen is a lot of people, the state organizations aren't really excited about the kayaks joining the fold, but, uh, New York has been, been opposite and it's, it's been a, a welcome.
3: Yeah. For, for us, it's been not to get off on a tangent for us. It's just been more of, it's like, they're cool with it. They're interested, but it's like, they're like, we already do a lot of work and we don't owe you anything. And, like, the way it was put to me was, don't make me look bad, don't or don't make us look bad, don't ask for money. And I was like, okay. Okay. But that was, the, that was where my help stopped, so. <laughs>
4: all, <laughs> well, right. all right. Yeah, I, I don't think, neither one of us have ever fished the Potomac. I just know grass and tides. So, if somebody can kind of, like, just give us a, a layout of Potomac and, like, kind of what it's all about. Does somebody want to do that?
5: I was gonna say probably Alex if he lives close. I, yeah. I've only been there for
4: a couple of days. So yeah.
0: well yeah. so yeah. there there's uh you know the cool part about the Potomac River and a lot of people don't realize is you know, there's just a ton of history um involved in how yeah. the how Potomac River played yeah. into the Potomac River runs up right through DC. Um and obviously before freight and roads and everything like that, it was used. Um shipping. Um, and it's actually really cool. The Lower Potomac gets a lot of the uh, credit for being such a, you know, a, a tidal water fishery. But the Upper Potomac has some really, really good smallmouth fishing as well. So it's kind of one of the overlooked things. Um, but they used that back in the day to, you know, ship things to and from uh, as a big waterway. Um, but your tidal regions and where we we're fishing Uh, which I'll kind of stick to, starts at the Woodrow Wilson Bridge, which runs right into D.C., all the way down to the Harry Nice Bridge, which is Route 301. Um, I, I kind of find it a silly boundary. i not saying that you couldn't find bass down there, and I don't want to give away too much, but I, I kind of <laughs> feel bad for the folks that look down there for fishing opportunities because I think down there this time of year, you're, you're at a, uh, since it is a tidal river, it runs into the Chesapeake Bay, which dumps into the Atlantic Ocean. Um, down there, you're a more of a brackish water. Um, I think if one were to launch down by the 301 bridge, you'd probably have more chances of catching striper than you would largemouth. Um, a little more salinity to the water down there than we have, let's say, further up north towards the uh, Woodrow Wilson, Wilson Bridge. Um, but the Potomac River consists of major and minor creeks. You know, your big creeks, Mattawoman, Piscataway. Um on the Maryland side, uh, you've got Nanjimoy is a little further south. Um, I've actually caught my personal best tidal Potomac bass out of Nanjimoy, but the, the, the numbers really aren't there. And then over on the uh Virginia side, you've got a handful of creeks, some of which are off limits due to military bases being over there. Uh Chapposmic Creek, uh it runs right into the heart of Quantico, which is a Marine Corps base. Um, that one was off limits, Potomac Creek, Aquia Creek, and then some of your smaller creeks up North, Hunting Creek, Doge, things like that. Um, so it's full of little creeks, big creeks, you know, Mattawoman and Aquia probably being the two largest. Um, and, and I, I like to consider myself pretty well versed on the Potomac. I don't know. I know there's a lot of people out there that know it better than me, but. Uh, you know, at, at this point, I've got a pretty good handle on it and I can tell you at any given Sunday, it's like NFL team, any tournament can be won out of any one of those creeks. Um, some are better than others in certain time of the year, but, uh, all of them have good amount of fish, uh, good size, good quantities. You just got to find it right. And then there's the tidal aspect to it, which completely, you know, with this weekend with the wind, um, I know there was a lot of people complaining, you know, that we're fishing on the Virginia side. We had a really strong northwest wind, and when you get that added with an outgoing tide, you call it a blow tide, and it blows all of the water out of the creek And that incoming tide doesn't give it an opportunity to come back in because the wind is shoving the water out of the Creek. And a lot of people on Sunday showed up to no water in certain creeks, you know, and a little bit of local knowledge with that prevented me from going to one of those areas of saying, Hey, that winds out of the Northwest. Some of those Virginia creeks are going to, you know, have a lot less water than they did Sunday or I'm sorry, Saturday. So that's just my quick little down and dirty on the Potomac. It's, you know, tidal water is probably the most frustrating thing you can fish. Um, you can find that. And I still have this like urge to try it
3: between the Potomac and the, the California Delta. I really want to like, I just want to try it.
0: You, you can find them really good one day and tell your buddy like, Hey man, I wrecked him yesterday. Let's go back and get them again tomorrow. You know, go back on Sunday and you're like, what happened? What happened? happened? (laughs) There's literally
3: no water here. (laughs) What happened? So
0: I call it the, you know, um, it can turn you from, and, and I know uh, Tyler and Ryan heard me say this at the awards, but uh, you can go from hero to zero opposite, you know, on, on tidal water. Um, nothing's guaranteed. It changes minute by minute. You can get a a really, really like big flurry bite window where it's like as fast as you can fire back off, you're back in them, you find that grass patch that's loaded, and then all of a sudden they just stop. And maybe it's tide, maybe it's, sun, you know, light, I don't know. Uh, but you got to make hay when the sun shines most of the time out there because uh, a full bite window throughout the day is not typical. Gotcha.
3: Well, okay, it's well, with all that being said, now I'm, like, I'm curious about, you know, everybody's, like, preparation and pre-fishing. And, like, with knowing everything changes so quickly, I, I feel like it's another, you know, hurdle to getting prepared and finding a spot that's going to stay consistent. So uh, Tyler, why don't you start? Why don't you tell us uh, kind of how you got ready for it and how your pre-fishing went, if you pre-fished. Uh,
6: yeah, so I did pre-fish. I was uh, I was planning on pre-fishing all day Thursday and Friday, but with the, uh, the thunderstorms that were scheduled to roll in on Thursday, and uh, to be honest, I was underprepared in leaving for this tournament. Um, because I was just late and getting all my gear prepped and I'd been in my kayak once just to make sure it didn't sink before I left for home or left home. Um, So I kind of took my time on Thursday getting down there um, and then just explored a little bit. And uh, I joked at the captain's meeting, originally I was planning on launching at the Virginia side up North towards the North end of the uh, end of the boundaries. And I forgot just how bad the traffic is in the D.C. and Virginia area through there, and when I realized what it was going to take to get in and out of that launch, I was I scrapped that idea completely, and I said I'm I'm not dealing with that headache. Um, I'm there to have fun and fish and not sit in traffic. So uh, I had a I, my backup plan was to go down and launch at uh, Piscataway at Farming uh Farmington landing and so I uh I basically launched there on Friday and pre-fished out through there and I found a few random fish nothing really great but I uh while I was out around the point at the end of the the creek there I kept going south and there's a little cove south of the creek there and from the aerial image I could tell that grass usually grows in that little cove and it's just a a flat and I found green grass new growth grass while I was down there and got bit and pretty much you know decided that uh there's fresh grass here I know talking to other people there wasn't a lot of green grass everywhere everything was still died back so uh I kind of you know, backed off of it, graphed the area, marked as much grass as I could and where the good clumps were and left. And that was essentially my pre-fishing. I found one spot. I found, you know, all the good grass in it that I could without actually fishing too much other than catching the one. And, uh, I put those eggs in that basket and said, this is what we're rolling with because I got no time to figure out anything else. I'd never been there before. So, had no history and just said, I'm going to go for this one. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes
3: I feel like if I would just do that, it'd probably go better than like the <laughs> overthinking and all, you know, having a plan a through, you know, F that never end up working. So
6: it's a lot easier to spin out when you have too many plans because you're so quick to abandon the plan because they're like, I've got something else I can do. And then you're going to leave when, if you just gave it another hour, fish would reload something would cycle back in it would turn back on and and you'd be back on them and i've made that mistake you know countless times and then again i've stuck on things i should have left before so and
3: i'll tell (laughs) you you, that's been the the thing the motor has killed for me is i'm just too quick to be like back on the motor like i'll just like oh no i can i can go hop to this spot real quick nope this spot's dead turn the motor on high when you know back when i was just paddling I'd have probably made that spot work one way or another, you know? Well, I mean, I, ju-
4: I mean that is like real juice though. I mean, you just finding green grass, it, it seems simple, but I know like here, we follow the coots where, you know, like the little duck looking things. Whenever you see them, then, you know, they're, they, they're usually on fresh grass, but I mean, green grass in the spring is sometimes that that can be enough to be the absolute deal. You know, we, we talk about different baits and stuff, but sometimes it's, that, you know, things like, like basic things like that, that people don't know that, uh, that, that can make all the difference in the world. Heck yeah. Well, Ryan, uh, yeah, how about you, man? Ryan,
5: you, you want oh, to tell us about your practice? I didn't hear you. I didn't hear who you all said. Right. Um, yeah. So I got down there. Um, we left Sunday. I traveled with a guy from up here. Uh, we traveled together to all those. So, um, we left Sunday from here. We actually first a tournament in Connecticut Sunday, and left went down there and pre-fished starting Monday, like later in the morning. Um, started at Madawoman, I think, you know, the Matta woman down there. Caught a few fish, but never really, never really got around much. And being there last year, the woman has pads and there's grass and there's, you know, all this stuff down there and then you pull in this year and there's none of that. And we're only a couple of weeks earlier than we were last year. So kind of a surprise when we first pulled in and was like, okay, maybe this isn't really going to be <laughs> similar to what it was last year at all. So, all right. So we fished in there a little bit, caught, caught a few little ones, nothing, nothing crazy. And then we just really try to do, try to go different ramps, go, further north we went all the way north of the border or to the boundary one day um and kind of just just fished around Uh, one day doing what tyler did just went looking for grass (laughs) i never i found some grass but like he said a lot of it was dead and never caught a fish out of it um and really just fell back on what i did last year when i was there um and which is fishing a creek that had water in it last year. We kind of had the same thing where that water blew out. Um And I know a lot of guys showed up to a ranch with no water last year too. Um So I knew that it would keep, it had water in it. It wasn't going to, it was low. Like it, it was lower than it was um, Saturday on Sunday, but um, I, it'll never, it'll never be empty. So <laughs> we, we kind of put our eggs back in that basket and went, went where we caught them last year and it just panned out again. But we had hit that creek on Tuesday before the tournament and didn't go back until Saturday. So caught a few fish on Tuesday, and we were like, oh, well, there's something here. And then the rest of the week, we didn't find much of anything. So just go back and cross your fingers and hope that those title bass <laughs> <laughs> are yeah. where you hope they were. I hope they're yeah. going
0: to be. So, go. And then, Alex, like,
4: hey, you just fish whenever you want to, huh?
0: Well, I I wish it was that easy. Um, I ended up pre-fishing just the weekend before um, Saturday, Sunday. Um, My son plays hockey, so Saturday I was out for just a handful of hours in the morning. Fished on the Virginia side, but uh, watching the weather, and I know watching the weather from a week out, especially in the spring, is really tough. But most of our – this time of year in this region, it's always windy and generally in some direction out of the west um and i know i think ryan you fished this last year um a lot of the creeks were empty on saturday because it we had it blown out big time i mean places where i was catching fish the day before were two feet above the water level on saturday of last year and i was like i'm I'm not going to set myself up for that again so i just tried to stay clear from that and I don't know. My wheelhouse is Matowam and there's not an inch of that creek I haven't touched in some shape, some way, shape, or form. So um at at any given point I kind of got it figured out how to catch a bass in there. Uh maybe not size, you know, like Ryan said, you can scratch up, you know, maybe a limit or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh that turned out not to be the case Saturday, but we made up for it Sunday. (laughs) I, I, you know, I knew there was three boat tournaments going on. I just didn't think that 90 of them and me had the same plan in mind. I mean, it it got pretty combative in there. Um, even between boaters, uh, a lesson in hospitality could have gone a long way. So, um, I got a little spun out Saturday. Um, not on I, a dick. I, I can
4: imagine a bunch of people from that area like cussing each other. you know we're, maybe we're a little bit nicer down here in the south. Yeah. I can imagine it's- some DC. <laughs> we're know,
0: a so- we're a mixing bowl of everything a lot of military <laughs> yeah. transplants like a lot of not locals and it's a it's a recipe for disaster <laughs> on the water and you've got no dog in the fight when you're on a little plastic boat man you're like all right, you know you gotta know do- I yeah so it it was uh it was ugly. Um, but yeah, no, as far as pre-fishing goes for me, I went out Saturday, Sunday, and I caught a small window on, uh, Friday, um, that I made it out, um, to, to just kind of scope around, but I just never, Ryan said it best. We're actually really far behind. We've had a chilly spring. Our vegetation is, I actually went back and looked in historicals. We've had pads like fully bloomed in mid-March in this area um and yeah we're, not, we're, we're
4: definitely behind here too for sure we've
0: got stems i think they're like this big as average you know you might find one that's like maybe starting to flower now but like it, it there, there's not a whole lot of anything and i think maybe that played into some of tyler's success and I, I i did have a question for tyler just out of curiosity on saturday were you visited by any boats where you went not
6: a one, not so, a single kayak was in view of me, and I did not have a single yes. boat come in that little cove. Man. Everyone stopped at the point and peeled off and left, and I was left alone the entire have
0: We're gonna have to take this podcast down because it's about to get blown up by <laughs> 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 no, it's uh, a- I-, I was curious, I was like, oh my gosh, you found grass and I had to have been boats because there is just nothing right now. In- traditionally we are a a grass factory so we're just not there yet
6: well that's what it's kind of weird go ahead i was gonna say i only found it because i was literally uh uh bouncing uh lipless off the bottom and i snagged it up and i pulled it up and it was green new growth and i was like oh look at that
0: (laughs) i've always said that cheap little uh you know rattle trap is the best cool for finding grass or new grass anywhere. You know, you can have the best electronics in the world, but nothing gives you the real deal like, a, like a lipless <laughs> on the bottom. So that's cool, man. Yep. Thank you.
3: Yeah. It's been, it's been crazy. You talk about being behind, you know, we, we spent the paddle and fence spent the week up uh, on, on Dale hollow in Tennessee and, you know, there it's behind. And normally it's like, you see the trend go where like it starts in Florida and it just kind of works its way North, how everything's warming up. It's almost been backwards because Kentucky and Tennessee are like, like mine and his lakes are like Gunnersville, Wheeler, Pickwick, like they're ahead of us, which normally they're not like normally, like you said, I've seen pads like on Gunnersville in, you know, early March, like last year, cause it was like unseasonably warm.
5: Right. And
3: even with all the rain, we had it, but we keep getting these ri- ridiculous cold snaps and all this rain and it's just it sucks here right now. Like I don't like fishing around here right now. Cause it just has not been any good yet for me.
4: It's, a, it, it's like every time they go to spawn, it's like cold front. So they, they keep getting pushed back further. There's some, but I mean, here and there, you know,
3: we'll see. But yeah. we, we got two weeks of warm weather coming. I think that yeah. they're just going to like,
4: it's going to a be like
3: to hell with it. There's going to be spawning fish everywhere. It's going to be great.
4: I can't <laughs> take it anymore. Yeah. Just
3: everywhere. It's going to be fantastic. Eggs.
4: <laughs> all right well I, I will go into a tournament day we'll start with you ryan you won day one so you you had the big day one man tell us about it um so
5: so fishing the spot that i fished last year last year i ended up getting fourth both days so i did well in that creek we we're up in ocaquan is where we were um and that is like i don't know maybe it's just i don't know the rest of the river but it feels like it's just a community hole and there's boat after boat after boat after boat rolling through every single marina on that, in that Creek. And then kayakers and that, everybody, it's just, you can't like, I don't know. Tyler didn't see a boat. I didn't not see a boat. There was boats <laughs> at every single dock, every pole, every, they're just all over the place in there. And, um, it really just, just had to slow down. Um, for me it just i was the morning i I started and i caught a few good ones in the morning but i was just fishing pretty quick and you know kind of getting through just fishing one marina really just three different slips of that marina um and kind of just cruising my way through and then a boat would pull in and catch like four or five behind me and i was like okay i just need to really slow down and really pick this apart and um so just started dragging a drop shot around and I caught, I caught that, I can get down on with the that. first day, like, and the, the water's dirty. Like it's not, you know, it doesn't, it's not like up here where you get clear deep water and you're fishing a drop shot out in 40 feet. Like you're, I'm literally like pitching the thing around these, these docks and just slow dragging it. And, um, and the painful
3: kind of fishing.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Painful. But I mean, they were, it wasn't slow. You know, I caught a ton of fish and they were, a lot of little ones, but I mean, I caught a 20 on it too. So 18 and a half. And I think those, I I don't know the Potomac that well, but I, I know last year I didn't catch anything. I think my biggest last year was 19. So I know that those fish aren't easy to come by. Um, I think last year the biggest bass caught was 20 maybe. So, um, I know that it's, you get, you get a couple of those strung together and you're doing something right. So once I caught, I think I had an 18 and a half, half, a nineteen, a twenty, and two twelves in the morning, <laughs> um, and just just kept grinding, just kept pitching that thing around. And you could go, you could go down that slip, turn around, and fish behind yourself and catch three more, and then turn around and go back down it and catch four more. And then like just all the time, and you're just not going to catch them all. And I don't know, I don't know if it's the tide that moves them around. I don't have any idea, but I know that. I left a lot of them there <laughs> and the other, like I would leave one and then somebody would pull in the next one and be catching them right where I just was. So I don't think you could catch them all. I just think that there was so many fish in there until Sunday. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's,
3: a, it's awesome to, you know, a lot of folks get deterred with all that extra pressure of like other boats and kayakers sharing water and, um, and then something else that'll, you know, some people just don't like is, like you said, you know, you'd work through an area and then a guy would come behind you and catch him. And then you decided, okay, I got to slow down. Um, you know, kudos to you for being able to have that mindset. Cause I, I know too many people that like, I I'm usually the guy that is doing the fishing behind because I like to watch, you know, what you're doing, not catching them. So I can eliminate, you know, that idea <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, kind of same thing for you, but that's a, that's a, another little, little juicy thing to, you know, for anybody listening is to, don't, don't let it like get in your head, you know, use it as a piece of the puzzle or like you did like slow down or maybe you saw what they were throwing or, you know, how he approached the dock compared to you or something like that. But use all that stuff as a tool, you know, for, for anybody that is a head case, just take, take that as a little piece of advice. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And I don't know what they were throwing, but I pulled out of that one, that one slip and they pulled right in behind me and it was maybe, they might've made three casts before they're like, net, nah, get the net, get the net. <laughs> I'm like, I got two, or I have, I think I had two or three fish at that point. And I'm like, get the net. Like I just fished in there for, you know, it was, I didn't stay in there for a long time, but I was just in there and these guys cast in there twice and catch fish. So I'm like, all right, they're around. I just need to need to slow down and really pick these things apart. Cause you know, you can, you can kind of, you can just go back and forth in there. If they're there, they're going to be there. And, um, I'm not I don't use live or anything like that, panoptics, anything like that, but I know that there was guys around me using that. Smell. And they're just going pole to pole looking and then, oh, there's one, spot lock, flip at the pole till you catch it, kind of thing. Um, what
3: you could do, something we learned from our man Brad Hicks at Del Hollow, because there was an MLF event going on. There's two hundred and ninety-eight boats in it. And he'd just be in the middle of fishing, you know, those, those guys are taking it serious, and he'd just sit back and be like, Woo, five pounder, and everybody just like stop and look and then he's literally just sitting in his boat doing nothing but they'd all get fed up with him and like go away (laughs) maybe that's what you
5: gotta do maybe that's it but yeah no it was it was a blast and I I don't know it just kind of worked out in that marina it got got shallow the next day and I don't know there was still fish there I caught my limit there and then I left the other guys that I was fishing around um, I think there was three of them that were in the pro series and kind of had a shot so I left it alone on Sunday and went and tried to find the same thing somewhere else. And they just weren't there. Um, but True sportsman. Saturday, I really just, I just stuck it out in there. I didn't care who was <laughs> who was around <laughs> or who was trying to get in. I was like, no, I'm keeping this because I know that they're, they're tough. Well, to and find. it worked out,
3: man. You, you ended up with 92 um, and you anchored it with a, a 20, which ended up being the third. Was it the third largest fish of the tournament?
5: yeah yeah te- technically off of time but i think there was a couple other 20s caught they were just a little bit oh okay in
4: mine, so did, did, um, do you have a go-to drop shot bait um that you don't want
5: sharing <laughs> it was honestly the first time i even hooked this thing onto a drop shot but it was a berkeley bottom hopper just green pumpkin that i was throwing it was like the smaller finesse one it was like four and three four quarter big, inches yeah. i think mm-hmm. um but I just threaded it onto a drop shot. So I have like a full exposed hook. Um, and I mean like 10 pound line, not super, super finesse, but fairly light. But I, like I said, I'm only, I'm only pitching the thing like 15 feet. I'm not like bomb casting it, you yeah. know, I'm Yeah, just pitching it around, hook them and just get them in the boat as quick as you well, can. Well, and you, I, I would want that
3: heavier line being around the, the Dox, pylons yeah. and docks and everything.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, and it. I mean, I hooked a catfish, in there, the thing had me all wrapped up, and it still came out, and I broke it off at the boat, but it came all the way out around those posts. I broke it with pliers <laughs> I nice. trying to shake the thing off, but um, yeah, no, that ten pound line was. It was more than enough, I think. I think you probably even could have went down a little bit if you wanted to, but like I said, the water's not clear there, so I'm not,
3: you know. Yeah, you're not. You probably could even
5: went up job. inside, yeah. and it wouldn't have mattered. I don't really know, but yeah, I throwing that little little. Berkeley bottom hopper on a quarter ounce, and, and the water's not deep—six, ten feet in there—and just, just slow, just slow down. And that, that spot lock really came, came in handy. for, It got windy and whatever. And I would just hit spot lock, and then I would jog over to the next pole, the next dock, whatever was there, and I would just keep jogging down, and then I would just jog my way back um, with that that Minkota puck and the Minkota, and it was awesome. It was awesome,
4: but and the maxent just wafting to the fish.
5: No, it wasn't Maxent. It was just the regular one. Oh, the regular.
4: Okay. It <laughs> was just a
5: Berkeley bottom hopper, no maxent. That's what I was going to say. Up here, I'll throw flatworms and stuff, but down there, I don't. It was just the bigger, bigger green pumpkin bottom hopper. Well, not not the bigger one, but bigger than a flatworm,
4: which is pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Alex, you were a day two winner, man. To tell us about that.
0: Day two, <laughs> I got a funny story. Uh, no. So day one, man, I spun out. I uh, a- after about three confrontations and and you know kind of had my like map in my head, like this is the point I'm going to hit first, second. And there's just boats everywhere, and I'm sitting there and I'm fishing a lay down that historically holds fish, and uh, I caught two right away, and it was the boat vacuum. <laughs> apparently that was the only place they figured in madame they could catch fish and i had someone from a boat pitching into the same laydown down and me and i was just like what? Yeah. really so i left that and i i hit a few spots and it didn't really pan out so i jumped in the truck and went to piscataway where you know tyler had launched and um had a few little places in there caught one uh, you know ended the day with four fish uh just Felt dumb for leaving my spot to begin with. You know, I probably should have like flexed, you know, the muscles that I don't really actually have, but should have like, you know, been the chihuahua and probably tried to like hold my ground a little bit better. Start throwing the
3: tungsten in the yeah. crankbaits
0: at the gas. No, yeah, I, I this, just, this I don't, yeah. I, you know how it is. You're like, all right, well, screw it. I'll move to the next spot. And it just, everything just kind of fell apart. And my day was just, I kind of lost track of myself. I, Fast forward, I didn't drink any water all day Saturday. Um, and Saturday after the tournament, I left just right on time to get out of there to make my kids hockey practice, you know, trailer, kayak, and the whole thing, pulling up to the ice complex, um, and was able to catch that. So realistically, that was kind of my highlight Saturday. Got home from that, and I passed out on the couch, and I woke up, at like seven and i felt like hell and i looked at my wife and i was like i don't know if i'm gonna fish tomorrow man i i, I you know just dousing the water um and ended up eating something and went to bed and my alarm was set for really early uh, sunday morning and i woke up and i had like the worst case of vertigo i've ever had you know like i i felt like i couldn't even drive safely huh. And uh, I went back to bed, didn't even set an alarm. Hell, I didn't get out of bed till 6.30 on uh, Sunday. Um, I woke up, I felt a little bit better at 6.30. So my wife and I drank coffee till seven. <laughs> and uh, she goes, are you gonna go fishing or what? And I was like, I don't think so. I don't feel good. I, I'm lightheaded. I, and she goes, well, you already spent the money. Just just go down and you know put an hour in and see what happens. Well, lo and behold, that was the right ticket because uh by the time I had launched it was eight o'clock and I went back to that first spot, place I fished the day before. And uh by ten o'clock I had ninety inches.
4: Your and, wife's uh, not gonna let you forget that. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, feel
0: like, I feel like you owe your wife a little bit of that cut. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told her I'd, I'd I'd help her out. You know, buy her buy her Burger King or something. Feels real go. special. <laughs> you don't get too ahead of yourself. Yeah, but uh, you the
4: crown and be the Burger Queen.
0: And I, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was ready to roll out uh, at ten after I had ninety. I said, you know, was, I I knew Ryan had caught ninety two the day before, but that's almost unheard of on the Potomac especially this time of year, it's not something you can really reproduce most of the time. And I fished a lot of tournaments on the Potomac. And generally it falls anywhere within that 87 to 90 is your winning bag limits. I um, mean, I saw Ryan smoked them and I was like, well, and I traditionally don't stare at the, you know, the leaderboard. I kind of knew what I had and I said, well, I better, I better stick with it. And plus, you know, I'd caught a lot of attention because when I tell you, I caught fish on Sunday, it was nonstop. I mean, I hate to tell you how many fish I threw back in that 14 to 16, you know, and a half inch range. And someone reminded me, um, on Saturday with 92 and a half, if I'd have caught a 14 inch fish, I'd have been right up there with Tyler. So, (laughs) um, on the pro series and, uh, I, I wasn't able to do it. You know, on Sunday I was, I was literally like, I'm throwing back a fish I couldn't caught yesterday, uh for whatever reason. But no, it was it was fun. Um, they were chewing. And uh my first two casts was 16, 18, 18, 7, 5, 20 and a quarter, and it just progressively went on. Um, so it was a fun day of fishing, but I still didn't feel well. So I was I was enjoying it, but I couldn't actually wait to get off the water because it was very windy and the boat was rocking. And like I said, I was nauseous to begin with. Um, and it was, it was one of those, it was like probably one of the longest, usually when you're catching fish your day goes by in a flash, this day couldn't end soon enough, but I had to stick on that spot because I knew that someone was going to move in behind me when I left. Yeah. And I had to hold it down because I knew what the spot was capable of at that point. So I, I had to stick with it against, you know, I really wanted to be off the water with 90 and say, you know, let the cards fall how they fall at this point. So.
3: Well, uh, what were you flipping in there on them on that lay down?
0: secret secret? No, no I'm I just kidding. <laughs> I, 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 threw a little bit of everything. Uh, there was a jig involved. There was uh, variations of a Sanko, um, really didn't test the moving bait theory. I didn't want to rattle the nest too hard. Um, uh, I, I didn't feel like I needed to throw anything reaction in there just to the amount of bites I was getting from um, soft plastics and dragging them through there. Um, I feel like I could have caught them on a Budweiser can had I put it in there, but um, <laughs> one of I, those I, kind of bites. I like it. it. It was one of those things, you know, I just, uh, I, I you, you stick with what works. You know, if I feel like if they got too activated, they may have left. So, you know, too much commotion. Maybe. Um, I don't know. That's just my little theory. I could be wrong, but I, I like to finesse fish anyways. It's kind of my, my go-to. I, I'm a, am ai like micro stuff. Um, some people like throwing big swim baits. I like throwing crappy jigs. <laughs> so
3: I, I'm, I'm right there with you. i just like last year, I've been trying to be the power fisherman and like figure all that out. And I can't, so I like my go-tos are like finesse jigs and Texas rigs. Yeah. That's what I, what I make work.
0: I like to keep it small and light when I can, you know, the wind made that difficult. Um, but there was other kayakers in the area that were catching that were doing the same thing. And, um, you know, like Ryan said, the spotlight would have been awesome. I don't know. I run a torpedo, um, and I have foot control and that helped out a bunch. Um, but really that 360 drive on the uh Hobie. Um I've always thought like, man, that thing's like 90% overkill, but the 10% time you need it is nice. <laughs> it was I mean, especially you know, I wasn't feeling well. I when I say I was feeling rough, I was feeling rough. So um, but I will tell you I had a uh, two beers at the uh the deal at the end and fixed me right up <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say you know that would have been something to come in and like throw
3: up and chance yeah, lap or something and, like no, that no, thank you it, <laughs> it,
0: it was good i had a lot of fun sunday it was nice you know meeting tyler and you know kind of bouncing around and plus i i fished an event with northern virginia kayak bass anglers and um due to conflict of scheduling, I don't get to fish a ton of events with them, but they run a really awesome series as well. So I like a lot of the guys over there. They've got some really, really good title anglers, um, you know, that I think maybe the weather or, um, uh, I, I heard someone say, when you have too many options, it, it almost is just as bad as sticking with that one option that you found fish at. And I don't know how the card fell for everyone, but, um, you know, they've got really good title anglers that I usually duke it out with on our local events. So it was fun to see those guys and kick it. Heck,
3: heck yeah. Well, uh, like you said, you ended up with ninety-two and a half on day two. So you, you probably made the right move by sticking to them, but you did gap second place by a decent amount. You might have been able to go in with 90 and call it a day. But like you said, somebody yeah.
0: moved in on your spot and probably... You know, the worst part about it is you never know what someone's holding on to. You know, with kayaking, <laughs> you're like, I knew Ryan was on him. I mean, he put up a phenomenal, I mean, 92 inches. I was like, God mercy. You know, anything over 90s, rare. Um, and, I, you know, the, you you start looking kind of like, I did leave early, by the way. Um, I, I didn't spend the whole day out there. I just didn't leave people with enough time to beat me. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a strategic leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was kind of like, all right, well, uh, I'll give them an hour, half hour. Ran your on. motor
4: over the spot. Did yeah, no, out. no.
0: I wouldn't, you know, I, I'm not like that, man. I, I had to, I got to tell you, I ran into two guys from New Jersey. Um, never met them before and we were within within earshot of each other throughout the tournament on Sunday. And I had a really good interaction with them. And, um, it was, it was actually kind of fun just to be able to, you know, talk to other people and see what they, and then it turns out we knew, so, you know, Oh, I know him, you know, this, that, and the other and had a really like kind of cool small talk, you know, just throughout the day of like life things in general. Um, and that's Makes the bad really, day pass. <laughs> well, it's just like, it's what it's about for me, you know, it's like it's, kayak fishing has put some of the best people in my life. Um, and, and I'm sure everyone's got a similar story, but you know, it's something I don't take for granted is like those, I try, I try not to have a missed opportunity at meeting, you know, someone new or, or making a connection somewhere. Um, because you just never know what position someone's in and just talking to a random stranger sometimes just is, is, is a cool feat in itself. So. Oh, for
4: sure. uh, Well, Tyler, you had two good days. Tell us about your tournament. So,
6: yeah. um, So as I said, pre-fishing, I found that one little spot and so I motored out there Saturday morning and I didn't go right on top of the, first spot i had i just kind of you know eased my way in there because i wasn't sure exactly how they were going to be set up and i really wasn't even sure how i was going to catch them because like i said i only caught the one in pre-fishing on a lipless but for uh heading into there for some reason i rigged up a couple other things and one of the things i rigged up was a uh a big uh strike king 2.5 square bill and I started hooking that thing around and the first fish I caught was an over eight. It was 18 something, um, on that bait. And he had it pretty good. It was, it was still on the outside of his mouth. He didn't like engulf it, but he was hooked solid. Um, so I was thinking I, I'm on to something a little bit. And then throughout the day, basically I alternated between that and a smaller square bill of BX brat, but. Most of my bites came on that big square bill and I found this one spot. And again, it was, I was able to spot lock on this one location and I figured out a cast and I would make this cast and two, three casts in a row, I'd catch a fish and then it would stop. So I'd turn off the spot lock and I'd kind of drift around the area a little bit fishing around. I'd come back to that spot, hit the spot lock, make that same angle cast. Boom. There's another one. Boom, there's another one. And there was just a patch of grass that that square bill would hit. And I had to reel it slow. Like if you watched me, it would you would think I was dragging a jig or a Carolina rig because I was literally just dragging that square bill, bouncing it off the bottom ever so slowly. But it was triggering the bites. Um, so it got to be almost noon. And I was sitting at 88 inches and I knew like previous years, the winner usually had roughly 90 inches and you know, 88 inches was going to be pretty good. And I think, I can't remember if I was sitting in second or third at that, that point, but I didn't know how well this spot was going to hold up for two days and I had nothing else. So I made the decision I'm leaving. I'm not going to beat this up anymore. I'm going to try to save these fish for another day because I really didn't know what else to do. Um, and I figure I can keep trying to cull up, you know, a couple 16s, 17s here and there um, and maybe move up a place or two, but I, I would rather save those for another day. So I took off with that, <laughs> the rest of the day and I fished around just got away a little bit and caught another fish, but it wasn't a cull and, you know, left. So that was day one and I finished in fourth place and I was feeling pretty good. And then I looked at the detailed forecast for Sunday. And in my spot, the forecast at like 11 o'clock in the morning was going to be for 20 mile an hour sustained winds with gusts over 30. Um, now I've got a 24 volt Mincota that I put on my 13.5, and that thing will hold you in position in some pretty serious water. But that was intense. Um, so I figured going in on Sunday, I'm like, I've got a two to three hour window. I've got to put up 85 inches in these two to three hours to take home, you know, to hold on to the pro series. And so I gunned it out there and the bite was a little bit slower and they weren't hitting the square belt, but I switched it back up to the lipless and started throwing a jackhammer around and again found that one spot and I was able to catch a couple more fish off that exact same cast um, and managed to scrap up a limit. And I was at 82 inches and I just called up two inches. And at that point the wind had picked up and my spot lock was getting really, really jerky because a gust would come through and it would push me off hard and spot lock would yank me back and it, it got too frustrating. And then I, so I turned the spot lock off and I was just cruising around and I realized that I had this thing on a five just to slowly creep into the wind. And that's a 24 volt motor on a five. Yeah. And it, it was, the swells were getting bad. I'm like, this is a bad idea to stay out here. I'm going to dump this thing. I got to leave. And I spent an hour and a half just cruising around Scott away, looking for a place to get out of the wind and everything out of the wind was six inches of water because of that blowout tide, and like there, like I, I couldn't find anything to go in and fish. And it was about eleven forty-five. I pulled into the ramp and said, "I, I got nothing left. I, I'm done." And it was two hours of me sitting there watching the leaderboard and watching anglers. You know, like Matalevich and Conan just catch them and catch them and slowly get closer and closer. That guy he's I've heard he's pretty good. Helped. Pardon? I've heard that guy's pretty good. Yeah. Matt Levitt. <laughs> yeah. So uh that was it was painful to sit there. Um but uh, at the end of the day it it was enough and that spot held out and uh I managed to to hold on for the win in the pro series. So
3: yeah, yeah. and you uh you did, you got him by just a little over two inches, uh, which, I mean, that's honestly, that's, you know, one good call away, but, um, I can only imagine how tough that would be like having to call it, call it quits due to something kind of out of your control. And, and I, and I, I mean, some people would argue and be like, well, you could have, you know, loaded up and went somewhere else. When the wind beats me up all day, I usually, I'm just done like, it just, I reached that point with the wind, like the rain doesn't bother me. The cold usually doesn't bother me, but the wind, I just reach a point where it's just, it's just too frustrating to deal with when it's making the big rollers or like you said, you know, I can't stand when I'm sitting in my kayak and I'm like, I've spent all this money and this damn kayak still only going a mile an hour into the wind. Why the hell am I here? <laughs> like,
6: <laughs> I'll tell you that 24 volt. You put that on an eight or ten. Even in that wind, you're still making three miles an hour. That thing is a beast, and, yeah. I, and I'm so glad I I went that route and put that on because that my top speed is you know over five miles an hour, and in that heavy wind it holds. So
3: that is what? Which feel free are you in?
6: Uh, The thirteen five. The lure the lure thirteen five. Yep, that the big is one.
3: screaming fast in a lure. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I, That was my first, like, good kayak,
3: and she's not fast, like, by any means. If you're getting five out of that thing, like, that's a that's a motor. <laughs> that's a motor. <laughs> that's nuts. Ryan well, congrats, man. About... Oh, oh, go ahead. No, no go ahead. I was
0: saying Ryan was talking about a Predator PDL, and I think that's probably the fastest pedal kayak out there. I, I fish with Trey Leach from Innovative Sportsman a lot well when it w- at the bos events i don't know what that boy puts the juice behind that thing but i can't keep up man that's a that's a that's a heck of a paddle. Oh, no, i fished with that boat is so much trash than my autopilot
3: yeah
5: by it, a lot
0: it's a rocket ship man <laughs> but I, it only goes
5: as far as you're willing to keep
4: pedaling so yeah <laughs>
3: the <laughs> autopilot well, that, dan has stuff. that's what you have isn't it dan
4: yeah i have a big water and that's that's quick
3: like we fished in together Ireland. in Pickwick last year and I was motoring and he was peddling and I couldn't keep up with him. And yeah. then like tournament day, he put in, or I can't remember it was tournament day pre-fishing, but you like, you covered like one whole corner of Pickwick, like with your legs. <laughs> and like, I'm, I was miserable in my kayak day. with a
4: motor. <laughs> like I ran cross country in high school. I might have a lot of weight, but uh, man, I, I get after it. I'm I'm, I'm like a turtle. Uh, then luckily <laughs> I have a fast kayak. I just, I go forever, you know? it's like once my legs get going i just i'm good you know it's like perpetual motion (laughs) you said that earlier
5: that with the motor you want to jump spot to spot more i'm the exact opposite when i'm in the pdl i'm like oh i can get over there pretty quick i can go over here quick i can go up there quick and i move a lot less in my autopilot and it might just be (laughs) because it's a little bit slower so i'm like i don't know it's gonna take me longer than it used to but (laughs) in the autopilot like i would have never Last year when I was at the Potomac, I would have never went through the same slips a hundred times <laughs>
3: with the BDL. Yeah, I would have been like, right.
5: oh, let's go try up there. Let's go try out in the bay. Let's go over here. But I did the exact opposite.
3: I think that, like, I really like the autopilot. Uh, I mean, I'm a new canoe guy, but I, the only thing that I think they could do with that is they would make it where you could drop a pedal system in it. I think that it would be, it appeal to a lot more people. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's one of our hosts. Uh, JP's got one, and I mean his is slick. I think he's got the. I can't remember what size the bigger one is. I think it's like thirteen or something feel, like that. It's it's a monster, but that thing's so nice.
4: I mean I, that that is true. I, I know the hole's really far forward, so you, you can't drop a PDL in there. But if I can, if I could have an auto, autopilot where I could swap them out.
5: I'd, but
4: that's I'd some guys happy. are bow
5: mountain um predators in big water
4: so if you do that I, it too, would throw would... my ass out of that thing There's no <laughs> way. I, i've seen it one objective makes it dude oh, guys boy. do it man yeah. that maybe like a lit you know a, a lighter guy but i would be out of that thing so quick i don't know i, I thought about it because I, I mean <laughs> even trey trey leach at innovative sportsman he makes a whole contraption on the back where you can put a Torquedo on the back, and you use Azure rudder, and then he has a rudder attachment that you can put on the back of the Torquedo mount. Whenever you can't motor, so I mean, it's it, it's a great setup. It's a really expensive setup because mm. you know just having all that. It's I mean, Torquedo itself is really expensive, but um, yeah, that, that that's the reason I haven't done it. But
0: yeah, that I I like to uh, listen to Trey just talk. You know, and that guy starts. Because he has the, I have ideas. We all have ideas. Yeah. He has the ability to take an idea and put it into a product, Negative, yeah. uh, which for me is like fun because, you know, I get to just tease him with random ideas, but he actually thinks about it. And he's like, I know, I, I don't even want to think about it. You know, like just, just stop. <laughs>
3: I me and Dan like- kind of have that same deal with John, with Yak Gadget, but we everybody's learned that, he's definitely more of the creative mind. Like that's what he would rather be doing than the, like the business side of things. So sure. yeah. you can mess up quick, like on the water with him and be like, man, it'd be nice if this would do that. <laughs> 10 minutes later, he's got a CAD drawing and he's like, yeah, going to go print it.
0: Right. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it, it's just awesome. You know, I, I'm really fortunate to, to live near Trey and be able to go visit his shops. Um, and he's also one of my like travel partners, you know, and like a shameless plug. I've seen that guy go out of his way so many times on events, you know, someone will order something and just to avoid shipping, he'll just bring it to him and meet him at an event and, you know, slap it on their kayak for him. And, I don't That's know. Awesome. I, good- I,
4: probably, I probably would have that set up if I lived closer to him because it, you have to run the lines. I, I'm, I'm so not like I do the simple DIY, everything else that my buddies help me, but the, uh. But yeah, the running lines, it's, it's like...
0: Every dollar I've paid that man to work on my kayak has been worth it. I always said, like, <laughs> he, he rigged me a dream, man. Like, it, you know, he just gets it, you know. But he gets he gets a lot of, like, good influence from some people like Jeff Little. Um, yeah. You know, that... Gosh, that guy's been kayak fishing longer than, you know, most.
4: Tyler was in a, ca- a canoe.
0: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> He just got that, you know, that sense of like what he wants to do. So he gets influence from him and Jeff's a genius when it comes to rigging. So when those two get brainstorming, something uh, really good, you know, generally comes of it. So I'm just fortunate. He's right, right up the road from me. Uh, I drop my stuff off with him and I say do it, make it good, make it great. You know, I don't, I don't
3: don't know how public it is, but I'll say it because I don't know either one of them, but uh, they're working on something together, aren't they? Well, it's it, it's out but, uh, is it yeah yeah okay
0: they, they've got a you know I, 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 it, I, I, I would venture to say that uh, um, you'll see it more often but uh, they're they're dabbling in the um, inflatable market and I've seen it um, I've touched it I felt it and uh, <laughs> it's it's not your uh, standard inflatable um, it's, 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 it's a, yeah. it's a pretty cool boat. And I know they're still going through testing and, you know, making adjustments. Cause I don't think any of those guys will let anything leave the shop unless It's perfect. You know,
3: which is they're, appreciated.
0: They're way too OCD to, you know, <coughs> and, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I'm not going to say anymore because I have my thoughts on, on their position with it. Um, but I don't know if my opinion here is, is, completely necessary. Uh, but, but I know that uh, I will own one. Um, I, I think there's, you know, a certain place for it and a niche. Yeah. And-,
4: I, I, and, and that's exactly what I think about it. Like the, that inflatable is the perfect boat somewhere at some, sometime. time. It, it may not be the most versatile, but you know, like for a lot of Jeff stuff, Susquehanna, there's a lot of places where that is, that's the deal.
0: Yeah, it's it's just it's really cool. I, Brad Hicks I, on the Ohio
4: River. Okay.
3: You know, he's a big Brad's big he's the NRS, whatever. And um a good buddy of mine down here, Trey Johnson, Trey's owned it's either thirty three or thirty six kayaks. So he that's his like his hobby is buying and trying a kayak and getting rid of it. And um whether he admits it or not, that's what he's doing. But he he was told by uh Ben Meredith years ago that Hobies were the way, the, or I'm not Hobies, sorry, inflatables were the way of the future. He's like, you're stupid. And Hobie came out with the iTrack 11. He talked him into getting one. And Trey told me last weekend, he was like, I'll never own another road, of molded kayak. I can guarantee you that. I can't wait to see what, uh, Trey and Jeff are putting together. So they must be like, this guy doesn't post videos about anything or take many pictures of anything. He will not shut up about this. iTrack. track, <laughs> Uh, and and just the fact that the inflatables he's like man it weighs 30 pounds it it takes 10 pounds of air to feel like a surfboard like it's fantastic uh, he's six foot eight and they have no seat adjustment and he fits in them just perfect and i was like well, okay well i mean if you're critical on everything and you love this thing it must be good so i can't wait to try one
0: yeah no it's so i've Jeff, I went fishing, snakehead fishing with Jeff, which I, on the snakehead thing, Ryan, Tyler, anybody hook into a snakehead this weekend? Nope. Catfish. Uh, yeah, this, yeah.
6: This, this was my first time traveling and not getting into any catfish. I could not believe it. I did not catch a single catfish on this trip. I caught, trip. It, and, I caught I a amazed. really
0: big snakehead on Sunday and I, you know, it kind of, Hurt me to not keep it because I eat the heck out of them, especially this time of year when the water hey, is cold. Good. Oh, they're fantastic! I mean, it's about the the whitest, flakiest, fluffy meat you could ever imagine. And if you figure out how to flay them, you won't touch a bone, which is you know a huge thing. Um, but we actually have restaurants locally selling them. Yeah, uh, you know that's on the menu, and people can't get enough of them. Um, it's really good, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was just like, no, but on the inflatable thing, Jeff and I were snakehead, uh, fishing two years ago or so. And when Jeff's first started dabbling in the inflatable, uh, community and he had a big sea eagle with like a Torquedo cruise 6.0 or something. And he's like, man, you should, we should switch or whatever, you know, you should take this, and you know, and I was like, all right, cool. And, uh. I had a fun on that thing, man. I could run it in no water and it was stick steer. And I, you know, this is a boat that can hold three people. It's not a kayak inflatable. It's like a boat inflatable. Yeah. And, and it kind of changed my mind on things because those tubes are so hard. You know, it's not like you just push in with your finger and, you know, it's not malleable. It's, it's heavy duty chambers of air. Um, and it's just something kind of, I don't know.
3: I mean, it's the same stuff they're making, I mean, like, military-grade dinghies out of. and Exactly. exactly. Like, a lot of people think inflatable and think that you're taking a, like, a uh, inflatable, like, you know, one of the, I can't even think what they're called, something you put in a pool.
0: Right, like a you pool. Know, something you're yeah. like, yeah,
3: that's what people think of it, and, like, no, they're, I mean, they have to be tough to be able to be as stable as they are, because, I mean, most of them are, like, it's like standing on a paddleboard. Right. I mean, you're standing on a giant flat object and
0: filter there but i think there's probably a learning curve from going from something roto molded to that but you know that's oh i'm sure anyhow yeah.
3: my learning curve would be like not dragging it across the rocks and tearing a hole in it
2: because <laughs> yeah. if you
3: can mess something up i'm your guy yeah so that's the only deterrent for me i'll try someone else the same thing with the hobie links i wanted to try one because it was lightweight but everybody told me they're like man it's like an aluminum can if you get anywhere near rocks so like I carried mine out into the water into like waist deep water before I got on it. Like I would get off of the inflatable in like 40 degree water and walk it to the bank because I mean, I was just waiting to like snag it on a, like a briar patch or something and just smoke a hole in it just because apparently it's that thin and I have that kind of bad luck. (laughs)
0: Likewise. (laughs) Sorry. All right, yeah, right. Guys.
4: Well, we appreciate y'all being on. We don't want to hold y'all up too long. Uh, we want to give everybody a chance to shout out anybody who makes fishing easier for you. Stole that from Dark Waters. If he comes back, we're keeping it because you're not on there. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, we'll, we'll start with you, man.
5: Um, So I get yeah, Um, start with like family. My fiance, she lets me travel all over the place. She stays home with the dogs, takes care of all that and lets me go wherever I feel like going um and then sponsors like old town canoes kayaks they are behind me and that makes everything a lot easier um the whole johnson outdoor family is awesome um black hall outfitters that's our um our old town dealer local to me um but they sell a ton of a ton of kayaks all over they do a lot of online stuff too um but they're only strictly old towns um Enduro Power Lithium Batteries, I just got with them this year, and like I said earlier, I fished that tournament on Sunday before we left using a 100 amp hour, <laughs> fished a whole day tournament, got in the truck, went down there, jumped back in the kayak, threw that 100 amp hour into the seat, and went and tire other, the rest of that day on that same battery without charging it. They're absolutely phenomenal. Um <clears throat> and they're they're moving more into the kayak realm they were doing a lot of the um like rv stuff prior but now they're in the rv realm it's or now they're in the kayak realm it's awesome and i couldn't be happier with those batteries Um, northbound gear they are a clothing company cold weather they're out of canada they sell it's kind of hard to get right now here in the states but all that cold weather stuff came in handy down there um, the rain that Tyler was talking about earlier. <laughs> it's a lot of fun all week. Um, and then Stretching Lines, um, they make some soft plastics and stuff. They're local to me, and the guy's awesome. So those guys, I appreciate them and family and friends, and
6: that's it.
4: There you yeah. go. Tyler, how about you, man?
6: Yeah, so uh, –
4: what, what? What's the, that be in the hook you got on your shirt?
6: Oh, so that's actually – that's uh, my primary sponsor, Three Bells. Oh, okay. Outfitters in Connecticut and they, uh, yeah, you and Dustin. Yeah. They, uh, they, they take care of me really well and they really, they back us up and give us all the support we need. And you know, I, I needed some, uh, some stuff for my kayak last minute and I call them up and it, it's there and I got it. And so that's, uh, super helpful. And, uh, and it helps too, that they're now also carrying Dakota lithium batteries who I'm on the Dakota lithium team. So, and, uh, yeah, and now with that, you know, 24-volt Minn Kota, uh <laughs> I need the battery power to, to run that thing. So um, that's pretty solid. And then, uh, again, you know, Three Bells hooked me up with uh, Feel Free. So I'm on the Feel Free fishing team, and those guys uh, take good care of me as well. Um, you know John Rapp? At- yep. Uh, yeah. And then uh, FX Custom Rods. Uh, they, uh, they're a rod company that i've been with for a couple years now and i run them exclusively and they are uh they're solidly built rods and and i really like using those um and then i i could not be able to travel and do everything i do without the support of the company that i work for sterling environmental um they allow me the freedom to take time off to go to these tournaments uh they allow me to work from the road if i want to take a week and travel i can put in some hours remote at the hotel, at the Airbnb, whatever. Um, I'm answering calls on the water some days, you know, practice days, but they know to leave me alone during tournament days. And, uh, wow. they, they really help me out and they give me a lot of freedom to, to do this, you know, cause that's my passion. Um, and then obviously, I'll, uh, I'll send
4: you my resume whenever this is over.
6: Yeah. Right? <laughs> we're, uh, we're looking for more engineers. Uh, we're an environmental engineering firm in, uh, Albany um and then uh yeah my girlfriend Elizabeth is super supportive you know when when I'm gone she's taking care of the animals you know the past couple weeks I've been super stressed getting everything ready and and she's been holding down the fort while I'm going nuts so uh it's it's great when you have a a support crew like that at home yep sure and Alex last but not least the
4: the hometown guy man
0: uh obviously i told you delaware paddle sports brian kidd john lester um and the rest of the crew that puts a hand in it it's that that's my wheelhouse that is my that's my sunday church um i lean on those guys and uh they say lean harder you know what i mean so that's cool that way uh, aside from that innovative sportsman trey leach um that's my my road partner he's my kayak rigger. Um give him a follow go to the website there's nothing kayak rigging he can't do or figure out i i implore you to put a new idea in his head and watch him work um and torpedo obviously um i've had a just a fun time with the torpedo exploring learning new ways i've mounted it on multiple systems um and i finally had my first uh customer service experience out of four years and it was it was spot on so uh, i'm a big fan Um, it allows me to cover more water uh, very efficiently customer service is second to none and uh you know i appreciate jeff little putting the bug in my ear years ago to you know turn motorized he said it was a way of the future and it really is. And, it, you know, and I appreciate that there's different options out there for everybody. Not one option or system is, you know, it, it's not cookie cutter. You know, what works for me is it works for me. And if if I can help you in some way, shape or form, make it work for you, that's great. But if not, you know, you've got options. That's the best part. You know, it's part of the sport we're growing and you got to love growth. Last but not least, my um, My rock my wife of 13 years um i couldn't do it without her i mean it's it's awesome
3: especially uh, not this one i mean she's probably the only reason you've <laughs> you yeah. dug deep yeah. and went <laughs> yeah
0: yeah uh what it, it, and that's why it's so beautiful is like most of the times you know uh, it, it's funny you know i hear the newlywed stuff and it's like shoot that was 10 years ago for us like okay. We're getting old. I don't look old, but I'm old. I think I've been married uh,
4: 13 now.
0: Yeah, you Something know, like and when you get someone that kicks you in the butt to get your butt out the door and go fishing, it's like, god, man, what could I do and you know, I've got a 4-year-old son um and you know, part of me I like that road life um but I also like the consistency of being home and hitting practices and keeping the consistency there for him. And that that's important to me. You know, kayak fishing for me is my escape. I don't want it to turn into a job. I don't want it to turn into something that um, takes the fun out of it. So I try and keep it as lighthearted as possible. Like I, I told you earlier, it's all about the people for me. Um, I, I, I'm a transplant here. So my MAKBF family, uh, uh, an extended thank you to them um for, for setting hooks in me and keeping me gripped to the series. Uh it's been fun. It's been wild. And uh I look forward to just continue doing what I'm doing. Keep you know, hitting the events I can. Um and you know, trying and to help others badass
4: pools in the summer.
0: That's it, man. Just I got a I got a big concrete pour in the morning. So <laughs> like you All know, right. it's getting late, but
4: yeah, well we we appreciate y'all being on and good luck with the rest of the season and and hopefully we're able to have you back on if, you know whenever you win the next one.
0: All right, right on. Yeah, we appreciate it guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thank Bye-bye. you guys, we appreciate it. Hello today.
3: All right, another great show. Yeah. That's uh that's our first Potomac show, isn't it? For sure. I don't think I've ever talked about the Potomac River before.
4: I think I I think I did a long time ago, you know. Couple of years ago, I I think I don't know. It's it feels like I did one time. That's yeah, one, yeah. A lot of shows it's hard to hard to remember yeah. who's been on and all the different places. It's uh,
3: wait until you have somebody walk up to you and know who you are, and you don't know who they are, and they've been on the show.
4: Oh yeah, like we had, had, we had
3: we had we had a
4: it could happen anytime.
3: <laughs> Matt Souders, Matt's now a, a host. Um, I'm. We Had them on the final cast, talked to him for a while about 153 Baits, which was around then. Met him at Del Hollow last year, and he knew who I was. And I was like, Man, I don't know who you are, <laughs> I can't. And I was like, Uh, he was like, Yeah, I've been on the show. I was like, Yeah, really? With who? And he's like, You, and I was like, Oh, I'm like that'd make you feel like an ass.
4: It's, I mean, but, it's, it's not like personal. Well, we, if
3: you if you if, if no, and if you break it down, we do 52 shows at minimum a year yeah. or 50. It's 49 because we take well, three weeks off gonna at Christmas.
4: On, you're going to be on other shows too. And exactly. Yeah, we do a lot. It's, it's it gets tough. You know?
3: Well, all right. That was a great show. Um, yeah, as always, one. which I say always, which I've kind of skipped out on this a couple of times because I forget it. Uh, but we're going to do some uh, tourney recap real quick from some other stuff that went on in the across the country in the kayak world. So we got quite a few, but we'll run over them real fast. Uh, first thing I want to mention, it's not on here because the, I don't know if it wasn't on tourney X or I just missed it, but, uh, Hobie did their first collegiate event in kayaks and our man Jackson Orr and his teammate kicked everybody's butt at that. So big shout out to him. Love you, dude. Keep, keep kicking everybody's butt. I know he just made a post about talking about how he's been having a tough year and then he turned right around and just whacked him. So good job, brother. But uh, here we go. Mid Atlantic Kayak Bass Fishing. Uh, that was the event that was uh going on with the KBF. Fifty anglers, five fish limit. Ryan Lignelli with eighty-seven and a half. Bear Winzel with eighty-four. Third place, Michael Cheney with eighty-three. Next up, the Peach State Kayak Anglers were on Lake Oconee and Lake Sinclair in Georgia. Thirty-six anglers. First place, Josh Choi with ninety-one, anchored with a big twenty-three and a quarter. Second place, Larry Bug with 82. Third place, Mike Watson with 81 and three quarters. So he he gapped second place. Good job, Josh. Uh, next up, kayak anglers of Florida on the Sunshine State Trail in Kingsville, uh, which is Vera Beach. 43 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Matt Voigt with 95. Second place, uh, Gatano. I'm... Chris Scully, we're going to go with that, 90 and three quarters. He had a big 23. And third place, Michael Parker with 89 and three quarter. Um, There were a bunch of big fish caught in that tournament, but it's Florida. Fishing's on fire down there. It's kind of like what happens down there. I'm jealous. Uh, Next up, the West Virginia kayak anglers uh, are on Stonewall Jackson Lake and the Stone Coal Lake Open uh 67 anglers first place greg kupfner with 52 he was the only angler to catch a limit second place buddy vance with 38 and three quarters whoo it was a tough day and third place mark edwards with 35 and three quarters
4: the goat whisperer <laughs> uh
3: next up the natural state kayak anglers were on lake Wachita. 33 anglers five fish limit uh matt gifford with 87 and three quarters second place eric morris with 84 third place garrett morgan with 83 and a quarter uh next up ooh, scrolled too far next up some natural state kayak anglers were on the nwa caps men's cuts beaver lake south whatever all that means They're but angry. they know yeah 61 anglers five fish limit first place kyle long with 89 and three quarters second place vince minnick with 83 and three quarters third place dwayne Beatty with 80 and a quarter Uh going on from there. Next up we had the Tennessee Bass Nation on Kentucky Lake, 55 anglers. Uh first place was Chris Walters 89.5. Second place, Mr. Cinco himself, Josh Stewart with 87. Third place, Mike Cheatham with 85 and three-quarters. And it's not on here, but I know it was this. Shout out to my man and my teammate, Music City Outdoors, Garrett. Garrett got fourth in that event, had a great day, and he won the event that was going on with that, which they didn't have 25, so it's not on here, but congrats, brother. Uh, Next up, we had the Moyak River Series event, which was statewide. It was 28 anglers. First place, Chad Davison with 86 and a quarter. Second place, Kerry Evans, 78 and three quarter. Josh Keats with 75 and three quarter. Uh, Moving on, the Southern Illinois Kayak Club was on Newton Lake. Uh, First place, Reese Schneider with 89 and three quarters second place. Darren Hemker with 87 and a quarter third place. Dalton Williams with 85 and a half. This was a cool one. And I wish they had the results from the rest of this. Uh, we may have to call these guys and get them on the show next week. Um, it was the Patriot sport sporting challenge in Yanis, Texas. It is a shooting fishing and golf combined tournament and all of the proceeds are and everything is a, a, an educational opportunity and proceeds go to helping the families out of fallen and disabled military and first responders. So all I've got for you is the fishing results, but there was a shooting and golf competition. So I kind of want to talk to these guys and see how it was. But 27 anglers, first place, Paul McFarlane had 97 and a quarter. Again, they're in Texas. That's how they do things. Uh, second place was Miss Joanne O'Brien with 94 and three quarter. And third place, Brian Dick with 87 and three quarter. Um, and there were a bunch of huge fish caught in that 24 and a half, 23s, bunch of biggins. Uh, last two, stay with me. Kayak Anglers Association of Central Arizona over on Lake Pleasant, uh, 27 anglers. First place, Brian Gibbs with, or I'm sorry, Bryce Gibbs with 91. Second place, uh, Raman Rana with 78. Maybe Raina may have said that wrong. Sorry. Um, Bradley Cullen with third place, 78 inches. And last but not least, the urban anglers of Los Angeles were at Puddingstone Reservoir in San Dimas, Cali. And first place, Adam Garcia with 83 and a half. Second place, Rafael Jimenez with 83 and a quarter. And third place, Joey Aquino with 82 and three quarters. So tournament season's in full swing for everybody. There's a bunch of tournaments. We'll keep giving them to you each week. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Make sure you uh, go follow the guys we had on tonight. Uh, remember the events we told you about this morning. Make sure you go check out the Fantasizer and get everything set and see how you're doing, see if you can beat old Dan up here. But uh, you got anything else, brother?
4: Where are your PFDs? I got That's a new it. one. I got a new one today. Hey, what, what'd you get? Uh, Mustang Chimera. Ooh, inflatable. No, it's, it's like a hybrid. Oh, I'll
3: have to check it out.
4: I, well, I just you know I like and I've had an inflatable and I've had Chinook. I sold my old Chinook, bought a new Chinook, and it's like it's too bulky because I'm used to the inflatable. So it's it's in between.
3: So. There you go. All right, folks. Well, you heard it. Where you PFD,
1: and we will see everybody next week. We're out. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn.